The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett, and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 64. We're talking all-stars and fantasy all-stars. I'm Van Burnett, joined, as always, by Steve Giswelli. Thank you guys for joining us on the All-Star Week episode. Next week, we'll be kind of launching into the return weekend, so we'll we'll look ahead with some schedule matchups. It'll be a great show, but this week, Steve is a fun show, and we're still bringing a fantasy spin on it with a little buy or sell on Fantasy All-Stars. It's going to be a lot of fun. We did it last year. We kind of got our own little rhythm and routine on how we assess All-Star Weekend. But, Steve, talking baseball, uh, how's everything going? How the league's going? How's the fatherhood going? Uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, fatherhood's good. It's uh, still getting used to it, getting used to the the lack of sleep, but but getting in the rhythm. Um it's nice because like I am staying up for like the later feeds, uh, and I'm basically just catching like the end of the West Coast games here on the East Coast. So like I was gonna say, are yeah. you trading trading yeah. for West Coast guys to kind of maximize your? Uh, yeah, you know, I have a, I have a good amount of shares of Otani, so I, I am enjoying watching the Angels lose while Otani usually does something ridiculous uh, in spite of their uh, losing ways, but. Um, yeah, like you know that that's like it timed up perfectly. Like I'm putting my daughter to bed shift. and uh, watching the final outs of uh, the West Coast baseball games. It's uh, it's not a bad gig, but if it's any later than that, then it's like it's like all right, I gotta I gotta get to bed. There's nothing on TV. There's no late games. Uh, uh, it's trouble there. Yeah, who needs a clock, right? Yeah. You just got your exactly your, your baseball games. It's like uh, it's like when my Fitbit tells me like it's time to get ready for bed. And I'm like, is, is it like, I think I can make that decision, but no, it's uh, yeah. I, I, I've got a Will Smith and Freddie Freeman in the home league. And it's always kind of like, yeah, do I stay up? So I hear you for sure. Uh, So Steve, we got a huge rundown here, an exciting one and uh, looking forward to getting into it. But Let's talk about the the high level here. I know All Star Break is it's definitely a, a catch your breath week, but we try to bring some you know some analysis to this as well. So give us a little a little bit of the rundown on kind of what goes into this show and uh, how how we 
view all-star break episode yeah we did this last year right we kind of named the fantasy all-stars um and i think we put a, a different spin on it in that we sort of had two teams right like the 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 first team like you know regardless of where your adp was just the fantasy studs like guys that are all-stars and then we tried to i guess give a, a separate category because for fantasy, it's it's different, right? Like, there's so much value in finding value. Uh, yeah, great use of your words there, Steve. Um, but like, I hear you. Finding late picks and pickups are what win fantasy leagues. So there should be sort of a a recognition for that. So there's kind of like the A team and then the all value team. Uh, you know, guys that went later in the draft or even the mid rounds or were pickups that are all stars because. That's the name of the game in fantasy. It's uh, it, it's it's finding that value and 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 picking up guys that don't cost you much on draft day or or, or early in the season uh, that win you leagues. So I like that. And then even on top of that, um, I think we're kind of putting a buy or sell spin to this to to give some actionable advice. So. Um, that's the little spin that we'll add this year. I guess we can kind of break down their performances and see, hey, is this uh, guy an all-star and overperforming? Um, the, the caveat being that, yeah, most of the guys that make the all-star team are overperforming. That's why they're all-stars. So, uh, you know, that's like the whole, oh, the home run derby is bad for these home run hitters. It's like, no, the guys who hit 30 home runs in the first half or just had an insane first half and are probably due for some regression. Uh, it's right. not because they participated in the home run derby, yeah. but yeah, not the Madden curse. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll break down and look at, look under the hood a bit and, and see if, Hey, is this going to guy and have as good a second half, a better second half, or maybe it's something that you should cash in on. So um, give that little spin there for some fantasy advice. Love it, man. A lot of fun. Uh, I see Lauren back there. Tell her I said, hey, she shouted me on the, uh, you know, the wedding vows. The least we can do is have a little fun on all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I meant to I meant to shout you out in the beginning of the show. Uh, you did a great job on uh, the On The Wire podcast this week. It was an absolutely awesome listen. Uh, I, the, the, the story about coming to my wedding is, is just an all timer. It's just, the, you know, if you ever need, a, you know, we talk about our. Uh, are, are uh, uh, you know, abandoned island stats like that's your abandoned island podcast story, right? You know, like uh, it just hit every time, and uh, glad glad we have that memories. And then also another shout out. Obviously, this is just a podcast, but uh, shout out to your your gift for Mila that we got. Uh, your wife uh, knitted an amazing blanket that you can see is right over my shoulder that that Mila uses on her. Uh, little uh doc tot bed and then you describe sent describe the colors uh, yeah. describe it all steve uh, for the view no i'm kidding yeah, yeah, no, yeah. totally kidding tell me the rest I, I, of the gift i don't though. know i thought it was going to be like uh you know like peoria chiefs or something theme or something like that it kind of looks like their colors a little bit but uh there's also a a signed ball from from homer the the chief's mascot that you got and then uh i i think it was mostly new york themed uh baseball cards which was nice but uh some interesting uh Donruss uh, 89 cards that you sent over there um, that I am definitely, uh, you know, when I do have uh, another room that, uh, you know, my podcast setup isn't just in our living room, my one bedroom apartment, uh, they'll be on a much nicer display rather than just sitting on my desk. Uh, 
next to the ball and then uh you know the home league ball that uh our commissioner rich got me that has uh from the bahamas that has my team name on it and uh, a two-time champ for uh my two-time champ home league so uh i'm getting a collection here and i guess uh it's a sign that we're outgrowing our apartment not only the fact that we have a a daughter, but my uh, desk is full of baseballs that I don't have room for now, and baseball, baseball cards. stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just gotta. That, that's kind of one and the same with like a baseball collection is kind of the vintage nature of it all being random and like, oh yeah, I got this from, from this, and yeah, my my, uh, it's it's a whole nother show we could do, Steve, talking about the randomness, but we've got a long rundown, so we'll we'll jump in, you guys, and uh, starting with the lucrative catcher position uh a little sarcasm in the voice there but it's gotten a little better for some of the usual suspects will smith coming around but the, as our all-star steve it's none other than wilson Contreras, who was amongst that top five you know prioritizing catcher drafted and he went around adp 105 ish and it's been great from Contreras. A 266 average, 382 OBP is terrific, and a 480 slug. 13 homers, three steals for good measure, 47 runs, which on that Cubs team is found money. 35 RBIs is kind of mad, but you'll take it. And the 144 WRC plus. Contreras, it's looking good, man. Uh, we could talk a little bit about the performance. We can talk a little bit about the trade rumors. You're certainly happy if you got Contreras. What are you seeing under the hood and kind of what's the, the outlook from here? Yeah, I mean, uh, the one thing that jumps out, it's like, yeah, the, this was the early catcher but uh, that hit. But he was probably the the last of that tier. Maybe even in, if you divided it into two tiers, he was on the bottom of tier two. Uh, yeah. It was kind of like, you know. Real Muto, Will Smith, Grandal, then Contreras, if I if I remember correctly. I might be missing yeah, someone in there, Varsho, too. Yeah, sometimes Varsho. Varsho was sneaking yeah, in, too. Yeah. Yeah. And Varsho was, I, I know he had a great man. He was looking uh, like he could have been this all-star, but he's cooled off a bit. Um, but Contreras has really been this the steadiest guy at the position as far as, like, if you invested early and— that's kind of why I don't like to invest early. You know, like what are the like if you're going to do it, you're probably going to go for for Grandal, Will Smith, or, or, or Real Muto. And on the whole, those guys have kind of been disappointed. So I know Will Smith has been a lot better recently, and you know, under the hood looks really good too. Um, so probably not as much for him. But you know, how are you supposed to know? Okay, I was supposed to take the fifth catcher off the board. Uh, exactly right. But uh, that's not to say that Contreras hasn't been amazing. Uh, I guess over the last 30, uh, there might be a buying opportunity just because it, it's only a, a 789 OPS. You, you'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday for your catcher. Um, but, you know, there really hasn't been as many homers. It was just three homers over the last 30 days. So 10 in the first, whatever, 60, uh, you got to consider that. Uh, maybe prov- provide some of a bit, uh, buying opportunity. But, you know, under the hood, the highest hard hit percentage of his career, uh, the best XBA, the best X slug, um, his max EV is at a career best, and his K rate is at a career best. That's uh, sort of something that, you know, if you wanted to poke holes in Contreras, it was a little bit of an elevated K rate, but it's down just to 25, 20.5%, so 20.5% uh, with that good walk rate that he carries. Uh, and, and it's a 72% contact rate, which is also a career best. So, Backing that up uh, with some good plate discipline gains uh, for that surface numbers for Contreras. So 
if you need a catcher, like, yeah, uh, I, I would kind of almost hope that his slow start to July continues a little bit into that all-star break because it would present a really good buying opportunity if someone thinks, okay, hey, this was a hot stretch for Contreras. Let me cash in. Um, I would go all, go all over that. Yeah. Will Smith with the two-run homer, his ears must have been burning, just came in on the, the update. But, yeah, I was looking at uh, Contreras, Steve, and, you know, since we like the underlying numbers, but he's had kind of a chilly past month, it is worth noting that on his monthly splits, his hard hit rate in June was a 36.4, which is low, especially for his standards. In July, it's been up to 53%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that looks like it's turning around quickly. And August 2nd trade deadline, there's a lot of rumors. No reason the Cubs wouldn't look to sell. I mean, I know he's not like an old dog, but 30 years old, I mean, this isn't really part of the rebuild for them. I mean, if it is, it'll be, you know, kind of a Yachty Molina type of thing. But he's, he's rumored big time with the Mets, the Padres, the Astros, and the Rays. So those those were all names mentioned for potential landing spots for Contreras. And almost any one of those would be quite a nice upgrade for his fantasy value, in my opinion. But what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I would be surprised if he's uh, on the Cubs after after the trade deadline. There's just so many teams, contending teams, that need a catcher. And although the Yankees have a guy for potentially uh, the value portion of this list in Jose Trevino, I would not be surprised if they still wanted to go after a bigger bat like Contreras. Uh, but I don't know. They might not want to mess with that. The, the, the pitching staff has talked about how good Trevino has been in his – bat even though you probably don't wouldn't bank on that continuing for the rest of the season uh they've really done well with uh, a few of those guys that weren't bat first in ikf and, and trevino uh filling in those spots uh just for the defense so um maybe not but Contreras isn't bad behind the plate you know you never know uh they won't be a lack of suitors that's for sure yeah and he's an actual all-star in our value pick at catcher is also an all-star for the American League starters. So both sides of uh, the catcher starters. We got Alejandro Kirk, Steve. And this was uh, a name that I would say was a sleeper Mm -hmm. at the catcher position. It's not like he wasn't talked about, but with an ADP of 208, and we're throwing these out. This was like near the end of draft season, March to April 7th. Um, across NFBC League, so not exact, but ADP 208, you got to be happy with Alejandro Kirk's breakout here, mainly around the contact, but also with some pop, betting 312 with a 396 OBP and a 482 slug, 10 homers, 41 runs, 33 RBI, and a 149 WRC+. plus. I got to say, I don't have any shares, Steve, but um, Kirk... Seems like he is now kind of nestling in with this uh, almost a new age Omar Narvaez with the the contact skills and everything. Uh, talk about Kirk, what you see here, if you think this kind of sticks around rest, rest of season and into draft season next year. Yeah, he was a pickup in a lot of leagues. I just don't think he was getting the playing time earlier in the season, um, despite that high ADP. Um, you know, Danny Jansen was pretty good and playing a bit. Yep. Um, and you know, the blue Jays have quite a few guys to rotate between that DH position. So, um, the playing time wasn't really there until they basically forced his hand. And, you know, I know Jansen got hurt and missed about a month, but, uh, Kirk was still playing just because he was hitting so much. Um, and 
yeah, he's been an absolute steal. He's kind of like almost like another guy that they had, like a like a Rowdy Telez. Like people liked him because he barreled the ball. He didn't play that much. Kind of was like a bad body guy, right? Like he's like six two, like two eighty five, something like that. Right. But that's for but a, not a not a yeah, ton of case. Exactly, exactly. Um, and now it's sort of all coming together, and it's all backed up by that amazing plate discipline. Just a nine point five percent strikeout rate, eleven point two percent walk rate. An 86.4% contact percentage, just a 28.3% chase rate, and like the X stats and hard hit are all amazing. So, uh, everything you want to see for Kirk is good. Like, all this stuff was there. It was just like the lack of playing time and like where the Blue Jays going to play him at catcher. And he's actually a pretty good framer per, uh, per Savant. So, um, there's no reason why they're they're gonna gonna switch him or, or you know reduce that playing time even with Jansen back. Uh, he's earned that job, so uh, I'd be all in on Kirk and, and holding or, or buying uh, if, if someone's selling. Uh, Kirk's just been absolutely amazing. Yeah, batting cleanup. I mean, this is this is kind of a, a computer cheat, as our friend group calls it, uh, at the catcher position. I think especially in like points leagues, moving forward you're basically getting like a Stephen Kwan type of profile at catcher with power batting cleanup with power. Yeah, you're right. And, and great lineup. It's kind of a no brainer from here. I can definitely see myself uh, investing at this spot of the draft. Cause I doubt it'll go all the way up. I'd be surprised if he goes all the way up to like that, you know, top 95 pick range. I mean, it, it seems like he'll kind of land in that 100 to 140 range next year. And I'd be happy to, jump in there after those first ones are probably scooped up but love it from Kirk we'll see what he does the rest of the way I'm I'm buying on both of those and I think Contreras is probably the the better target just because it's been it's slowed down a little bit and there's the potential trade spot let's talk about uh first base move off a catcher here and Paul Goldschmidt he, he might be as you've noted Steve the fantasy MVP so far he was going around ADP 50 overall and so far batting 333, a 417 OBP, 596 slug, 19 homers, 5 steals. He's been chipping in more and more over the past couple seasons there. 61 runs, 65 RBIs, a 186 WRC+. I mean, this is Goldie. Like This is what we saw with the Diamondbacks, and he took that one-year lull, and it's hard to imagine that just over a year ago, we were looking at him as like an outside the top 100 type of fantasy player. Now he's kind of begging the question of how early does he go in a draft like next year? I know no single stat really jumps off the page. I mean, I guess you could say batting average, but he seems like a, kind of how he always was. So does that put him in that kind of one-two turn or middle second round in next year's drafts? Because I think uh, and I don't mean to skip over for buying this, but it's really interesting to see yeah. what Goldie's reaction is going to be in the industry. Yeah, I don't think there needs to be like a buy or sell an out. Like, you know, Goldschmidt is good, breaking news. Like, uh, but right. yeah, this is like MVP Goldschmidt. And like, what's standing out, like, the counting stats are so good. Like, he's on pace for like, you know, a 120, 120 run RBI season. Like, that's how crazy good it's been for him. Like, I, you know, with Machado having that brief injury uh, and, and sort of cooling down a little bit, 
over the last week when he came back. I think he's now the clear front runner for NL MVP, which is just insane. I don't know. I think maybe as a fantasy industry, we might just be too ages to bump him into that one-two turn at beginning of the second round. I think he'll probably settle in around like mid to late second round. And if it's like this again, like it'll be a steal. Like, you know, he chips in speed too. Like, it's not like he's one of these guys that we'll talk about later that just a four category offensive guy. He's got five stolen bases, doesn't get caught. So like, you know, you could basically bank on that. It's just crazy uh, how good of a real life and complete baseball player Paul Goldschmidt is. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 him and the next guy that we're going to talk about, like, I wish I had more shares of. Uh, I, I have him in one league, but it was so obvious with with that second half that Goldschmidt had after that really slow, like, April and May um, that he was just figured it out, and you can kind of bank on it. He was... Probably underdrafted uh, at ADP 48 and might be again next year just because of, of, of the age factor. Mm-hmm. That said, this will come down a little bit. Uh, the, the, of course. You know, yeah. it should. The, it th- should. the 390 Babbitt, you called out uh, the highest of his career. You know, if you want to pick nits, the barrel rates down from last year from 13.6 to 11.3. Still really so, good. Yeah, it's you exactly. It's ludicrous to think about like you know advising to sell Goldschmidt, mm-hmm. but if you could flip him for something insane, I mean, I don't know. Like, would you do a? You'd you'd have to take Vlad rest of season, right? I don't know, man. Like, I I think another podcast I was listening to was brought that up, but like Vlad, Vlad or Goldschmidt rest of the season, like. I think I lean Goldschmidt just because, you know, it, it just seems like it's, it, it, it's, it's, you know, as, as horrible and, and uh, lazy of analysis is, it just seems like it's his sort of year, right? Like, yeah. Um, sure. I, I'm, I'll take Vlad's power the rest of the year, but, you know, Goldschmidt should chip in another three to five stolen bases. His counting stats have been better. Maybe Vlad's will be better, but, uh, just because the Blue Jays lineup still is really good, but you know, for the slash line, for the slash line, I'm yeah. taking Goldschmidt. So I guess depending on need, uh, you know, if you need mm-hmm. if you need power, uh, you'd probably lean Vlad. But everything else, it, it's Goldschmidt. But um, you know, next year, like that, that's just another another thing. Like Vlad's going to go before Goldschmidt, and it might not be uh, correct again. At least so so has it been this year so far. Yep, so Goldie is the NL starter at first base, and the NL reserve first baseman is our value fantasy all-star at the first base position, and it's C.J. Crone, who, you know, we were kind of a year early here, Steve. I I know he was uh, solid. He came around last year in the second half and all that, but this year he's wasted no time after being drafted around 120 ADP. Hitting 292, I think that's a, a notch up from what you'd expect with Crone. And then the pop has been there with 20 homers, uh, 49 runs, 67 RBIs. So six above Goldschmidt there, 131 WRC+. plus. Uh, talk about Crone, kind of what you're seeing under the hood. Is this uh, breakout legit? And can we expect similar things in the second half and put him in the upper 30s? Finally, Crone putting it all together after years and years of being 
kind of the the barrel god and the underlying stats favorite around the industry. Yeah, how are we not all over that 12280p? I don't think I have one share. Uh, we were all over it last year. We talked about all Dude. the underlying metrics. We loved him going to cores. He started off slow, but then was insane in the second half. And I don't know. Uh, I feel like we lumped him in that wave, and we were like, "We love Josh Bell, and we love Vado." Yeah, and yeah, Crone, Crone, by the way. Yeah, but yeah, we we missed that. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but one thing that is a bit concerning is uh, the plate discipline's a bit worse. Um, a twenty six percent. Uh, strikeout rate up from 21.5% last year. It's his worst walk rate since 2019 at just 6.6%. So that's a bit concerning. Um, the XBA is just around 260, but I mean, Coors is going to, you know, uh, help with the BABIP and keep that batting average inflated. Uh, if he does get traded, then I would be concerned because then it might go from, you know, this 290 20 home run hitter to a, 250 14 home run hitter or 15 home run hitter uh i know cores doesn't help homers that much but you know still clearly uh there, there there's some power there to be gained uh just with those huge outfields so um i'd be a little bit concerned there and probably a little bit more hesitant to buy just in general because of the plate discipline and, and the contact being a bit worse um and then the trade risk too so uh but yeah, I, I'm kicking myself for having Joey Votto everywhere and, and not having Crone uh, in, in too many places. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If he gets traded, it might kind of look uh, Ryan Mountcastle esque with like the plate discipline and you know just the pop. I mean, that's probably overstating it, but I'm kind of curious on. Uh, so so far, they've had 45 home games. Uh, probably should have prepped beforehand but i'm just curious if they got a lot of games at coors in I, august and I, I again i don't have the research on that but I, I remember someone saying they don't have that many second half home games so uh okay so yeah, maybe, yeah I, mean, I mean yeah we're kind of inching toward i mean you, again you're squinting on any of this but you're we're kind of inching toward a potential if you can sell as high as he is right yes now, i think then that might be worthwhile because He's batting 292. That's going to come down. If he gets traded, a lot of this could come down. And in general, you might have a little bit less cores. So, I, you know, as much as he's helped you so far, you got to be looking ahead. And I, I think of the bunch, we're not going to have that many cells. I think Crone might be a, a semi-wise, from a process standpoint, uh, sell high. Agree. Cool. All right. I, I was curious <laughs> if we were going to have any of these as, as cells. So. <laughs> We'll mark that one down, but obviously a, a great first half for C.J. Crone. So moving over to second base, Jose Altuve is our fantasy all-star from the first half. I can't believe his ADP was around 70. I, I knew that it, it had faded a little bit, but I thought it was higher than that. And Altuve might be evolving a little bit in terms of his profile as a player here. He's still batting 280, helping in that department, but that's no longer kind of his thing. The 372 OBP, of course, is always great with his plate discipline, but the 534 slug contributing to this 906 OPS, 17 homers, still helping with steals with seven, and 47 runs, 33 RBI, a little bit lower on the the counting stats there, but the 160 WRC plus for Altuve. 
it's looking really good, Steve, and he started slow as well. So this is now a player who I'm kind of seeing an evolution of of the the profile, like I mentioned, with a 16.5 launch angle is the highest of his career. It's the highest fly ball rate of his career. It's the best barrel rate of his career, even though it's still 8.6, just slightly above average. I'm just wondering if he's starting to look at kind of the, the, the next chapter of Jose Altuve and trying to evolve into a little bit more of a power hitter, which we've seen from some of the best hit tool speedster players that kind of evolve their game. But what do you think about what we've seen from Altuve? Are you buying it? And and what do you think about just kind of the the evolution that we're seeing here? Yeah, another guy that I, I stayed away from in draft season for seemingly <laughs> – no reason at all. Uh, I, I think I had Jonathan India everywhere and, and no shares of Altuve, and uh, that is a very big mistake in, in hindsight. But, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Altuve's kind of been doing this right for, for a while now. I mean, his MVP year, he had uh, 31 homers. Um you know he's all, You're right. he's he only hasn't been void. He's yeah. all you know he he's been in single digit stolen bases the last you know uh two and a half seasons counting you know the 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 shortened season as one uh but he probably will will eclipse that this year that he's got seven and only caught once. So um this might be the best all-around fantasy season for Altuve since that sort of uh you know peak run where he was a first rounder. Um it might just be shaped a little bit differently with a with a lower average, maybe you know close to the closer to his career high of thirty one homers. Um, but the fact that he has seven steals already, like yeah, I, this just looks like uh, uh, as good as it gets for Altuve. Like another guy that's turning back the clock, like like uh, like Goldschmidt. Um, you know, if you weren't ages and, and had those two, you're doing very very well. So uh, Altuve has just been absolutely amazing and there's really not much to, sh- to show uh otherwise it's actually the best barrel rate of his career uh, i think i think you mentioned that but that's uh that's impressive for uh, a guy uh in his age 33 season 32 mm-hmm. 32 yeah and you're right i mean the, the pop has been there 31 bombs last year i think what caught my eye was just the uptick on the launch angle and on the fly yeah. ball rate he, th- at that's, age 32. Yeah. That's a conscious effort stuff. for, you know, okay, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to hit 330. I'm going to go for some more home runs and maybe hit 280, which is what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. So all, all good signs for Altuve. I, I do not think there would be any advice here on, on selling high or anything. I think you just, just ride the wave. Um, Tommy Edmond is our value at second and you know Edmund was going a few rounds later than Altuve uh, ADP right around 100 and right now the slash doesn't look as good at a, a 256 320 OBP 372 slug and actually the WRC plus is, rounds out at just a 101 seven homers the 19 steals is really where the values come from Edmund that's fourth highest in the majors and we're kind of seeing the the Steels renaissance here with like Mondesi out and still several guys who are kind of tracking toward 35, 40 steals. 59 runs, good counting stats there. Of course, with the Cardinals, the 30, 33 RBIs, a, a bit of a downer. But 
I can't say I'm shocked here, Steve, and I think it's worth noting coming off that cold uh, slash line that he's in a pretty bad slump right now, seven for his last 45, no real power there at the 348 OPS over the last 45 at-bats. So I think that this might be a buy-low opportunity for Edmund because, honestly, I, I was kind of in on Edmund in the offseason because of the speed, and I thought that this was a true 30-steal guy. In addition to that, last year he had a 6.3 home run to fly ball rate, and his career mark there was 12. So I definitely thought we'd see a little more pop, and that's kind of been the case with the seven homers. You're not getting Edmund with the expectations of power, but I was betting on more like 15 to 20 than like 5 to 10. So overall, that I mean, I, I feel like this is in line with Edmund, and I think it's going to get better from here just with the hitter he is. He's still just 27 years old. I kind of buy the, the tools and buy the fact that he's running as much as he is. So I, I'm in on Edmund. I think that this, of all the names we've mentioned so far, and the stats suggest it, is probably the biggest buying opportunity if we advise it. But what are your thoughts on Edmund? Do you think there's an opportunity here or just overall take on what we've seen so far? Yeah, I, I think, and, and you probably know this a little bit better than me being so close to the cards, uh, he might just be like a really streaky player, which, you know, you sort of look at his overall lines and you wouldn't really get that. But I, I don't know, Edmund, he... he there, there's been stretches where I, I feel like people yes. question dropping him all the time, and then there's stretches where he had, like in April and May, where he was seemingly getting a steal and two hits every night. So um, if he's not on one of those right now, I would expect another one to come somewhat soon. So, uh, you know, he's probably going to set a career high in homers. It just was 11, which he did last year and then in 2019. Uh, but that 2019 was just in 92 games, so... Um, I think that there could be a, another gear here for Edmund, but I would also expect, you know, another downturn. Um, but, uh, you know, the Bauer rate is a nice sign. Um, walking at the highest clip of his career, just 7.9%, but still uh, an improvement on, on what he's done in the past. And that's always good for a guy uh, that runs because even when you slump, if you walk, you, you could uh, still contribute uh, by stealing a base here or there, uh, which is always nice to have. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a, a good uh, buying opportunity, and, and that stretch that he had, the uh, seven homers, 19 steals, uh, with how hard it is to uh, get homers uh, to get steals, uh, it, it's got to be in. Despite him just having a 692 OPS, wow, I did not realize that he is struggling that hard recently. But still, uh, I, I, I'm in on Edmund and, and think it's a good buying opportunity as well. The rest of the season projections, um, the Bat X has him at five homers, 11 steals, 264, 319, and 389. So a 708 OPS. So um, mm-hmm. right in line with uh, his, his you know 12 homers, 30 steals, which uh, is pretty good. I, I think if there's another run in there uh, – it might be closer to like a 730 OPS, which would be really, really good uh, considering uh, uh, he's going to get close to 30 stolen bases. Yeah, I, the average is what I would count on climbing up. Like he's not a he's not a 255 hitter, and the upcoming matchups for the Cardinals, like the rest of the season, they've only got like five games against the 
five, seven games against the Brewers, but some of those are at the very end of September. They've actually got a pretty juicy lineup. Like if you remove a three-game series against the Brewers, a three-game series against the Yankees, um, and they've got a, a couple scattered in against the Braves, it is loaded with Reds, Cubs, Diamondbacks, Rockies, oh. so they're Nationals. So there's there's definitely going to be a surge here for Edmund. And looking at his rolling charts, to your point on the streak factor, Steve, most of his peaks in the past years were in August and September. So I, I think this is a, a buy low opportunity for sure. And I think we'll see that average climb up to closer to 270 all, all said and done with more speed on the way. So, um, yeah, I think I think we're in agreement that, it, yeah, it started red hot. It's gotten really, really overcorrected to where it doesn't look great today. But anybody who's had Edmund knows he's been a he's been a weak winner in head to head leagues. And yeah, like you said, he just goes on tears. So I would count on one of those coming up. Uh, coming up, we will be talking about shortstop and third base to round out the infield. But first, we're going to take a quick ad break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show all right, Steve. So shortstop, uh, no ADP value to be found here because really the consensus, uh, at least on industry leagues, one overall was Trey Turner. And Turner has not disappointed with the 303 average, 352 OBP and a 483 slug, 12 homers, 17 steals. So holding up the, the speed end of the bargain as well. 49 runs, 63 RBIs. What are you seeing from Trey Turner so far? This might be a, a quick one, but it's uh, looking like classic Trey Turner. Yeah, it is. It might not be uh, my bold prediction of you know the greatest fantasy season since Charlie Blackman in 2017, but you're not disappointed at all if you took Trey Turner with the first pick. He's just doing uh, a, a bit of everything. Um, you know, it might not be. Uh, a 30 30 season but it's definitely going to be like a 20 close to 40 you know 35 season uh with, with mm-hmm. uh, that great slash and, and really good counting stats uh he's just you know he might be the most underrated fantasy star today i, I just I, I don't know why he's not talked about and, and lauded more like it's a guy that provides steals and doesn't hurt you and it helps you in every other category as well. Uh, you know, he, he basically has like easy 20 homer power um, for a guy that's mm-hmm. going to run as much as he does and do it as successfully as he does while hitting 300 or better basically every year. Uh, 
I love Trey Turner, so uh, you're not going to hear any arguments from me. Or, or It'll be very hard to make me say something bad about Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's going to look even better on, on the power so far this season. A home run to fly ball rate is 12.5%. Past two seasons, that was 17% or higher. Um, you know, he like you said, the 303 average you're perfectly fine with, but it's easy to forget last year he batted 328 in the year before in the shortened season 335 yeah, so this is a down so, year for hours yeah Just it's a down year man like he's gonna regress and probably hit 330 um on from here on in and he should have more more homers with some of the you know the the underlying numbers there i mean in terms of barrels it's actually up from last year uh, the launch angle's down a little bit, but the hard hit is actually up higher than last year, way higher than the year before when he was also elite. Um, you know, the Ks are ticking up a tiny bit, but I think that's more just a blip than something to read into. You, t- so. you take that for for the more uh, the improved power metrics anyway, right? Yeah, swing for the fences, for sure. Fly ball rates up as well, so I think we're going to see – uh, a hot second half in terms of power for Turner compared to what it's been so far, which you'd take anyway. Yep. So, uh, at the kind of discount, the value for the fantasy all star, we got Dansby Swanson. Steve, you've had a fun relationship with Swanson over the past two years, and ADP for Swanson was at uh, one twenty one. So definitely in that kind of bargain bin at shortstop. And I think we had concerns. We thought, you know. I think you actually were a little bit higher on him than I was this year, but uh, unlike last year. However, it's really looked good for Swanson with the 297 average, which is the bonus. And then the power speed that we all knew was there has kind of been even more solid than we expected with the, the 14 homers kind of in line with his power breakout as of late. But 14 steals, 55 runs, 50 RBIs. He is trending toward just an absolute monster final line for the Braves. What are you seeing here, Steve? What do you think uh, we're going to see in the second half? Uh, I mean, all, all the underlying metrics back it up. A 12.3% power rate. That's the best of his career. Uh, it's basically like the best stat cast page of his career. Like, you know, sometimes when, when Swanson went on those runs, uh, it, it was for, you know, a few weeks and it was easy to poke holes in it, but everything's backing up. It's the highest hard hit rate by far for his career at 46.5%. Uh, the X slugs at 557. So it's not like he's getting super lucky or, you know, uh, outperforming his power. Uh, it, everything looks, looks really good for Swanson. And it looks like he's like on pace for like a Cedric Mullen season of last year. Like, you know, could he get close to 30, 30? Uh, he might, um, and considering how good that Atlanta team is, you know, the counting numbers are going to be there. They already have been uh, 55 runs, 50 RBIs. Uh, this just looks like a career year for Swanson. Um, you know, the, 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 the plate discipline isn't great. Uh, it's slightly elevated carry rate and slightly below average walk rate. But, you know, um, with the improvements in the bad ball metrics, uh, I, I don't think it's too much to be concerned about, you know. Uh, a better launch or higher launch angle than than it's been at any point of his career. Um, he's running a 380 Babbitt, but it's not like he's been like a a guy that hasn't done that in the past. He's had 350s, 383s, uh, uh, 300s in, in the past. So, um, yeah, I, I think that everything that Swanson is doing um, 
is sort of real. Uh, I know I was totally out on him in the year before. I think I was more on him this year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did not expect this. And he has been an absolute steal at pick 121. If you waited on shortstop because you like Swanson, which I know a lot of people did, um, you are laughing your way to the bank. Uh-huh. Yep, it's... You know, the average, it, I think we'd agree, he's probably more of a, like a 275, sure. 280 guy, but mm-hmm. everything else looks legit. He's still only 28 years old, and for a guy who is, you know, a top overall pick, like, he might just be coming, uh, he might be turning into kind of the player he was he was hyped up to be with the, the barrel rate just continues to climb. And this is probably a, a learning lesson, you know, as as an industry, I mean, we all do it as well. Steve in April doing weekly shows and everything. Swanson had a 216 average in April with a 644 OPS, mm-hmm. just one homer. I know he was on the wire in my home league for a minute. He was striking like, out oh. a bunch too, I think, yeah. Yeah, so just exercise patience on uh, that first month for even a, a pick that's like your ninth round pick of the draft because mm-hmm. can quickly turn into – kind of a, a core of a championship team. So uh, not much to add beyond that. I, I'm with you on, on Swanson, and I think uh, it's time to lose the bias of whatever we kind of have had against him mm-hmm. uh, next year for draft season. So third base, uh, no surprise, Jose Ramirez is our top build uh, fantasy all-star here at third. Picked third overall, so you're certainly taking it to the bank. 289 average. OPS well over 900 and uh, 17 homers, 13 steals. This is Jose Ramirez, 68 RBIs, second in the majors, despite being on the Guardians, 50 runs as well. I mean, he's just marching toward a Hall of Fame career all of a sudden, and yeah, it looks, be- it feels like it looks better and better all the time. It's it's insane that of the Lindor Ramirez combo that he's just emerged as like this back of the baseball card monster so love it not sure what we can add on Ramirez but maybe under the hood Steve if you want to just give us a little tour of what we're seeing is it all check out all that good stuff I I mean if you want to pick some nits it's just a 6.4% bow rate but Ramirez has like had amazing seasons with like slightly below average bow rates in the past Uh, the last two years which probably were his best for power were at 11.2 and 10.2% so um, you know, again, it's really, really picking nits. Um, you know, the contact percentage is the best of his career, um, hitting more fly balls than ever. Um, which, you know, for a guy that like pulls all his fly balls, like that's really good. That's where his home runs come from. It's sort of like a, an Alex Bregman thing. Like he's going to get the most out of those fly balls, even if they're not true blasts or barrels, like he can get home runs because he's pulling those fly balls. Um, but that might not, you know, that that might lead to a little bit of of batting average regression. Uh, it, it's one of his better bat ifs, which is 280. And for the fact that he's hitting 55 or 53 percent fly balls, that's strange, and then might come down a bit. But uh, it, again, really, really picking nits uh, for Jose Ramirez. Like, I wouldn't be, you know, if he hits 250, it will come with uh, you know another 20 homers, and he'll have a 37. Uh, homer year with 25 stolen bases, like nothing to be concerned about. Yep. And probably more noteworthy is on the value side of the third base all-star. It's Brandon Drury, 
who congratulations any listeners who have added Drury and rode the wave here. He is now ranked 32nd in 5x5 to date, and his ADP uh, was free at uh, mm-hmm. pick 750. Drury's really found a home here batting cleanup, or I'm sorry, batting second for the Reds. 278 average, an 871 OPS, 18 homers, a couple steals, uh, runs and RBIs, both right around over 50, and a 136 WRC+. plus. When I was looking at Drury, Steve, I mean, because I feel like we were all looking at him in the past month or so oh, yeah. as like a potential ad, and talk about kicking yourself for not moving. Um, 309 BABIP is a little high for him, so I would imagine that, you know, he, he hasn't just morphed into a 280 hitter, that that'll come down a little bit. But the the 18 homers might be legit. I know the 21% home run to fly ball is somewhat high, but it was identical to where he was at last year when he actually had a, a good run with the Mets last year with the 783 OPS over 50 games. I think if you're going through his past career, he kind of had some platoon splits, didn't hit righties all that well, but it's um, he's correcting that this year with an 801 OPS, 255 batting average, which is really helping all this. Some of the power metrics beneath the surface look good as well. I don't know, man. It, it's really tough to just like, you know, ordain him as a fixture, but third base is so shallow. I, I certainly don't know that you're moving away from Drury with how good he's been in that ballpark, but... What are your thoughts on Brandon Drury, 29 years old, batting second with all the production we've seen so far? Yeah, it, it's it, it, it's hard to believe, but it's also you know hard to sell considering the fact that all these Statcast metrics back it up. Uh, you know, uh, a a barrel rate that is you know 12 percent. That's one of the tops in the league. Um, hard hit percentage up there as well. Um, there's been some gains in the plate discipline. He's walking more than basically ever, uh, despite one, one small sample in 2018. Um, and it's not like it's coming with like this super uptick in strikeouts, right? It's right in line with his career norm. Um, the rest of the season projections, they all have him around 250 and 10 home runs. I, I think I, I, I buy that, right? Like there, there's no reason not to. Um, like you said, the, the, the Babbitt is a little bit high. So sure, it, it, there might be some regression, but that th- doesn't really matter uh, if he's going to hit you, you know, another 10 home runs. Uh, if he stays in Cincinnati, and that's a big if, uh, yeah. that could easily be, uh, you know, another 15 homer half and you know then you're talking about uh a guy that hits 260 for the year with 30 home runs that was uh free um that's a league winner uh if you ask me um so that would be my biggest concern if he if he is traded and it just isn't in as friendly as an environment but um who knows it could be you know much better lineup context or still go to a good park so um not much of a reason to uh, to buy to, to sell there, but I'm just looking at the splits now. He's hitting 310 at home, um, and 233, 232 on the road. So, um, bit of a a, a a split there, but he still has 10, eight homers on the road. So, um, that's not going to kill you, uh, by any means. So, 
uh, I, I, like you, man, I, I wish I, I, I just didn't, you know, despite us being in this every day, like you can't just write, like completely look off a guy just because of the name, like Brandon Drury, I just didn't give it second thoughts. And now I, I'm wishing, uh, I, in a lot of leagues, I'm strapped for offense. I'm, I'm wishing I, I acted, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, on jury when I when I could have uh, as soon as recently as a few weeks ago it seems like it it people still wouldn't wouldn't buy in until a few weeks ago and he's still continuing to produce yeah and some of the teams that have been linked with them surprisingly the Dodgers you think about how log jam they are but really have not been getting production from Muncie and uh, I know Turner's heating up a little bit but I, the Dodgers are linked with him the Mariners and I think. That it? Uh, the Giants as well. So the the Mets the Mets would be a good fit too. Uh, I know he was there last year, but uh, they they could use a DH for sure and a guy that could play some third too. Yeah. So I think yeah, probably a park downgrade, lineup yeah. context upgrade. Uh, probably won't be hitting second. I would have to imagine if he's going to a contender. So true. It'd probably be about a neutral, uh, you know, trade value or uh, fantasy impact if he does get traded, but. Let's keep moving to outfield, Steve, because we got uh, pitchers as well to to cook through. Aaron Judge, no surprise, uh, being drafted around ADP 34 in the preseason. And what can be said about Judge, man? 282 average, 360 OBP, a 608 slug, 30 bombs, 7 steals is like when you kind of throw your arms up and you're like, even with (laughs) this like steroid era homer pace, He's on pace for 14 swipes as well with his size and everything. And it kind of leads to the next point. At 67 runs, leads the majors. I know about half of those are coming from the bombs, but just crazy that, you know, fifth in the majors in RBIs was 65. But the fact that you think of, like, the Whit Merrifield player types for runs and everything, and it's like, no, Judge is giving you that as well. So... I mean, all, all signs are incredible. You're just hoping he stays healthy. And, um, yeah, he's just been the poster boy for an incredible Yankee season so far. Anything to add on Judge? Any analysis? Any uh, big underlying numbers we want to call out here? A 60.3% hard hit rate. That oh is crazy. Six of every ten balls that he puts into play are hit at 95 miles an hour or more. Or, or more. That 50, is 50 is usually a jaw draw. 50 is a draw draw. Yes. 60.3%. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. He should, you know, uh, uh, where would you take him in the first round next year? Like how? So yeah, I'm glad know, he brought he stays, this up. He stays healthy. Like, so I, I, I was, I was working with a manager in my league cause I'm, I was desperately trying to get Vinny Pasquantino and, <laughs> We started going back and forth. He sent me kind of a garbage trade. It was like Buxton. I, I really like Giolito's pitching matchups the rest of the year as well. And I was trying to get uh, Pasquantino and Giolito. And he turned around and offered me uh, Buxton, Giolito, and Vinny P for Nola and Acuna. And I was like, come on, man. Like, let's, let's do this real. So I countered and I sent uh, Acuna, which I couldn't even believe I was – showing this but Acuna Gilbert and like a throw-in for Pasquantino Judge and Giolito 
And he was like, no, I wouldn't even do Judge for Acuna straight up. And I was just like, oh. So that's kind of led me to that same question you have of like, just those two head to head. Like, what are your thoughts rest of the season? I'd still, I'd still take Acuna. Um, I just think, you know, there's more stolen base upside and the power drop off between the two. Once Acuna gets fully, fully going, I don't think we'll be too different. Um, but the gap is a lot, a lot, a lot closer than it was even just in draft season when, uh, Acuna was still even hurt. So yeah, he's uh, a first rounder. He's yeah, a first rounder for, for sure. sure. For sure. All right. Enough said on Aaron Judge. Fun fact, Steve. I don't know that I've ever told you this. I've I've made a vow since the All Rise breakout of Judge uh, on the like rookie season that every at bat I watch of Judge the rest of my life I have to stand up as part of the All Rise I love vibe. It. And the amount of times I've been, it's been like 10 p.m. and I'm reclined on the chair and I'm like, come on, and I, uh, you know. Do the little electronic recline. So now, I can are, stand are you up are you doing are you doing this by yourself? Or you you know, if no one's there to hold it, oh, here, you're still listen, standing up for the tree go. makes noise falling in the forest, <laughs> even if no one's around. I'm telling you, <laughs> maybe I need to start documenting this. But yeah, Alyssa is my witness as well on the judge stand up factor. So just a little fun fact there, Mookie Betts, Steve, uh, one of your little mini fades this yeah. season, oh, yeah. and he's when when healthy. I know he missed a, a, a couple weeks there, but 271 average, 887 OPS, 20 homers, 6 steals, 61 R, R sorry, 61 runs, 46 RBIs. I think the power has been the the headline for Mookie. Are you changing your tune because I know you're worried about kind of the health and some of the underlying stats? Has Mookie convinced you this season or do you think this might be a, a sell high from from kind of what you thought heading into the season? No, uh, he's convinced me. I was concerned about the hip. That's why I stayed away. I have literally zero shares. Uh, I was just concerned that he was saying that his hip didn't feel right in November. Um, it bothered him all last year, which led to those troubling underlying metrics. But, um, you know, it was an unrelated injury with, with uh, this year they missed 10 games. Uh, so Mookie is essentially back, and he's Mookie. So uh, I have no concern. was yep. cautious when I shouldn't be. And wish uh, I had him in more places. Made, yeah, yeah, yep. the process made mm-hmm. sense, though, for mm-hmm. sure. And and some of the power metrics you had brought up as concerns paired with the hip have corrected to where now yep. his his power metrics look very similar to, like, 2019 Mookie. So you can rest assured if you're rostering him that, you know, this isn't uh, kind of a blip or anything. It's kind of back to typical Mookie, which is great. Jordan Alvarez, another kind of uh, historical health risk, has stayed healthy until the recent. I think it's a hand, though, right, Steve? Mm-hmm. It's not the knees. Yep, so hand. yeah. So Alvarez is another one that's just like, holy cow, man! Where's is he first round next year? He's he's finally proving that you know he's just one of, if not the best hitter in the majors, batting three oh six, over a thousand OPS on the season. 26 homers. I mean, it's really getting lost in the shadow of Judge that he's on pace for over 50. 57 runs, 60 RBIs, a 197 WRC+. I mean, this feels like prime Pujols type of stuff. Um, What are your thoughts on Alvarez, Steve? I I absolutely love him. Um, It's like, you know, another trade-turner player for me. I'll never say anything bad about Jordan Alvarez. I, I... 
fully agree he should be a first rounder next year. Twenty five ADP is an absolute steal for where for what he's doing. He, I think, is the best pure hitter in, in baseball. Uh, it is just insane what he does. Uh, a 19.2% power rate, 96 average wow. exit velocity, career best, and improvements on like already insane numbers. He improved the K rate. It's down just to 18% from 24% last year. Um, the one knock on him was that he didn't walk that much. He's walking at thir- 13.6% uh, this year, so that's now elite. Um, the best O swing, the best contact percentage of the year, like he's getting better. Uh, I will absolutely take Jordan Alvarez in the first round next year. I don't care if he doesn't steal bases. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll find that elsewhere. He is just that good of a hitter. Gut reaction, Alvarez or Judge rest of the season? <sighs> Alvarez for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, might be, right. a, might be an unpopular opinion. I know I Judge going to chip in some steals, but I just think Alvarez uh, – you know, the, the the batting average floor is a lot higher with Alvarez, I think. Yep. All right. Getting into a, a few value guys here. This next one, Steve, talk about someone who is hanging out on waiver wires. In April, uh, 169, or 169 batting average. In May, a 196 batting average. Since then, it's been 272 in June, 209 in July, but... With 28 home runs and 846 OPS, it's Kyle Schwarber, who was picked around ADP 105. Another guy I don't have a ton of shares in, but so far, kind of all rounds out to a 216 batting average, which you kind of, you know, hold your nose and bear it for the 28 bombs. Four steals is hilarious to me that Schwarber is just <laughs> kind of chipping in here. And a 132 WRC plus. Similar to Judge, man, I know there's a ton of tanks in here to match, but uh, 61 runs is second in the majors. Kyle Schwarber is second in the majors in runs scored. 57 RBIs. What are we seeing under the hood? Is there anything actionable here? Schwarber can be a roller coaster. Do we trust that he's going to continue to mash when he does make contact? Put the over-under around 45 home runs, Steve. Talk to me about Schwarber, what you think on the over-under and just in general on Schwarber? Uh, I'm going over. Uh, we saw this last year, right? Like, he had that abysmal start, too, uh, and then just went absolutely insane in June. And I think from that point in June, uh, only Aaron Judge has more home runs, uh, but Aaron Judge has played about, like, 50 more games. So uh, that is just shows you how insane Kyle Schwarber has been. Um, he might just be a guy that, you know, uh, like the Luis Castillo of hitters, like he's just going to start slow in April, uh, and maybe may, but you know, hang on because there's going to be a month where he hits, you know, 15 homers like he does did last year and this year. Um, he was doing this last year too. It just got hurt, unfortunately, but, uh, I see no reason why he can't continue with Schwarber. He is just that good of a power hitter. Yeah. I mean, he's. Probably top three, top five uh, in terms of uh, homer expectations moving forward. So if you can pair him up with a, kind of an average merchant, then it's a really good combo. I think that'll probably be something we talk a lot more about in the offseason now that he's kind of proven that he belongs in that Mount Rushmore of sluggers. And kind of shifting over to an average but more speed guy, 
Julio Rodriguez, who was picked around, his ADP comes in at 194 from that March to April 7th. I know by the end of the draft season for leagues I was in, it was more like 130, 140 in that range. We talked about Julio Rodriguez last episode, increasing his barrel rate from kind of the first quarter of the season to the first or the, to the second quarter. So he's another guy that started slow, Steve, and now the line. Slash line at 274, a 333 OBP. You'd like to see a little bit more on the walks, but he's so young. I think there's, you know, room for him to discover just how good he can be. Kind of like Tatis and Acuna in a way, because the 15 home runs and 21 steals, which is third in the majors, really just shows like he's just one of the toolsiest guys out there and probably will defy some plate discipline issues and the sky's the limit for him. I know we were talking last episode about how the buzz is that he could be taken at the turn next year of the one, two turn and nobody would be surprised by that. So Julio Rodriguez, anything to add, Steve, I know we covered uh, him quite a bit last episode as well. Now the, the first round is going to need to expand next year with all these guys. So uh, (laughs) not much to add there, but J rod is just another guy that's seemingly getting better every day. Steve, since I talked through that one, why don't, why don't you take Adelise Garcia? Because I believe we had a, a listener question come in from Sal, maybe, on what do we think about Adelise? Or maybe it was uh, uh, Alex. It was Alex, yeah. Uh, he's no longer okay. on his team, so uh, he's probably kicking himself there. But uh, I, I don't think I, – I think Adelise was dropped pretty quickly uh, in, a, in a lot of leagues in, in April just because of, of how slow a start he got off to and the strikeouts and – how bad the second second half was last year, but he's proving that you know production comes in all shapes and sizes, right? Like despite mm-hmm. the fact that the place was isn't great, it's just a one hundred four WRC plus, um, you know, quote unquote, just uh, a seven thirty one OPS, uh, fifteen homers and thirteen steals with you know forty eight homer forty eight runs and fifty one RBIs. Uh, you're really, really happy if someone dropped that and you picked it up. You're, you're reaping the benefits. Uh, you know, there's some slight improvements in uh, in the K rate. Uh, it's down to 27.8 percent, which you can live with. You know, uh, if you're above that 30, it gets it gets tough. But you could live with the the 27, 28 percent strikeout rate, um, especially for a guy that's going to pop you seven homers and six steals in, in a month like he did in June. So. Uh, Garcia definitely deserves some uh, all-star love here in the value section. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a player comparison just like with the power speed, but the average is bad. And it's worth noting he's in a a mega slump right now, kind of like Tommy Edmond. So would you recommend, Steve, that this is kind of a buy low where last year he, he, he never really turned it around in yeah, the second that's, half. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it, but, that, probably, but you could get yeah. him right now, I think. Yeah, you thing. definitely can. I, I think because people th- see that second half last year. Uh, but I don't know. He, he made the adjustment. Uh, it's not like his K rate has absolutely rocketed over mm-hmm. these last few weeks. Uh, so uh, it, there's, there's some more improvements there um, overall, I guess that would ease your concerns um, a little bit. So uh, if, if he is gettable, uh, which he might be because of just, you know, the streaky nature of him, like I think there's going to be an uptick uh, um, 
unlike you know last year where it was kind of just like the league adapting he he showed that he could make those adjustments even after that slow start so um i'd be buying uh if anyone was out over these uh cooler last two weeks for for garcia yep well let's move over to pitchers steve and we might have to uh jump on the people mover here and and go through these a little bit quicker but because we got a long list but we got to spend a little bit of time on Mr. Shane McClanahan, ADP 107, just 25 years old. And this guy, 9-3, and three, 104 innings, 141 strikeouts, a 173 ERA, and a .81 whip. It's insane, man. Uh, had to tip a cap that uh, he's second in the league in strikeouts, only behind your boy, Dylan Don't Cease. Cease. Which is a nice little, you know, Steve Giswelli special there. Cease is an honorable mention for sure on the All-Star. But McClanahan, I mean, this is, uh, I know we talked about the first round getting, you know, what is this, like an 18-team league or something? But McClanahan's (laughs) got to be up there with Burns and Cole at this point. And, yeah, I mean, in terms of last year to this year, throwing his, his curve and change more, just really getting whiffs with the change up in the slider and yeah it's it's really all clicking for McClanahan I mean what are you seeing here I know that you had the big tweet that uh say it with me Shane McClanahan is an SP1 little did we know that by the end of the season he might just be the SP1 yeah I guess I should have put the in front of it like uh, you know the Ohio State University or something like that right, but right. uh yeah I, next year it'll be you know Cole Burns, McClanahan, you know, doesn't matter to me if you, you know you prefer guys with more track record or you know the younger arm that that in theory should be healthier. Um, but you know what he's doing is just absolutely amazing. Uh, every single pitch has basically gotten better. Um, he talked about it in, in an article that you know Saris wrote about how he was just trying to get more spin on the ball and trying to spin the ball more. Uh, which sort of unlocked in the, another level um, for all of his pitches. Uh, and, you know, the fastball, which was a little bit hittable last year and gave up some homers and was sort of what, you know, you nitpicked and, and kept him down as sort of that SP2 um, is better and he's, he's throwing it less. Uh, you know, the curveball has taken another step. He's got, you know, two insane breaking pitches and then, you know, an amazing changeup. So, Everything is there uh, for McClanahan. Uh, it's just absolutely insane what he's been able to do. 141 strikeouts in one of four innings. It's just, you know, as good of a, a, a half as, as you could ask for, uh, you know. And I hope uh, I hope people out there did build a, a, a McClanahan cease starting rotation uh, by listening to Waff in the offseason. You're probably doing pretty well in pitching if that's the case. I'm inserting the round of applause <laughs> sound effects on McClanahan cease combo there skipping the top half that said we do have some kind of top of the draft board yeah, all yeah maybe, stars maybe, here. maybe we can lump these guys uh together yeah, here so, so some thoughts. We'll, we'll go Corbin Burns and Garrett Cole yep. are what you signed up for and mm-hmm. you're feeling great about it they're both first round guys Underrated too, I think, and you know, oh, Cold yeah. gets like such a bad rap. Like you know, anytime oh, gets, I've been yeah, leading the charge right? on that, Steve. I've been leading the charge. He was a bold prediction. I said he was going to finish outside the top ten starting pitchers, and uh, it's just kind of a joke because 
even even though right now he's like floating right around there, it's just been because of how good starting pitching has been. Sure. Yeah. And Cole is eight and two, 106 innings, 135 Ks, a 3.05 ERA, which is kind of comical that that's worse than most of the guys on this list, just because it's a weird year. A 101 WHIP. Corbin Burns on the other side, same amount of innings, pretty much same amount of strikeouts. 106 innings, 134 strikeouts. A 2.20 ERA and a .89 WHIP. I mean, it's been McClanahan as the storyline. I think it's you know Corbin Burns and Garrett Cole are just as advertised and like not not a ton to add there. I think what's more interesting is probably going down a little bit. We talked about Sandy Alcantara last episode as well on the K minus BB risers throughout the course of the season. What's unique about Alcantara is he's kind of flipped from a lot of these guys where he's giving you innings that look more like everyone else's strikeouts, and his strikeouts look more like everyone else's innings. <laughs> so he's got 130 innings, but only 111 Ks. You'll take it either way. A 173 ERA, identical to McClanahan, and a .91 whip next to McClanahan's .81. So Alcantara has been just a beast, and I know you've talked, Steve, about how he has a, a good argument to be like a top five starting pitcher next year as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it, it's, it's easy to forget. Like you look at Alcantara and you see like a, a caper nine that starts at seven, but that's because he throws so many innings. He has 130 innings. No one else is really close to that. What? Who's next with that? Like Corbin Burns with the one Oh six. Like that's insane. He's got like yeah. 20 more innings than everybody else. Uh, you'll take that when it comes with that those ratios, uh, even if it's slightly less Ks than everybody else. Um, he's 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 a different breed. We talked about it last episode. Not yeah, much more to get into. He's awesome as well. Yep, definition of a workhorse. Yep. Uh, kind of moving down the ADP lineup. Next on our All Stars is Justin Verlander at uh, ADP of seventy nine. 11 and 3 for Verlander, 103 innings so far, 98 Ks, uh, 2 ERA, 2 flat, and then a .87 whip. So the K per 9 is is similarly low, uh, kind of more like Alcantara than some of the other guys who are, you know, getting whatever, 13 strikeouts per 9. That said, are we a little concerned about the innings, Steve? I think... It was in Verlander's contract to get yep. it, to get to 130, and the Astros are obviously, you know, gonna gonna have a playoff push. Do you think coming off of the the TJ that they'll have Verlander? You know, they, there might be a little like Dodgeritis here they're, in the second half. They're going, I don't know. they're going, they're going six man right now. Um, McCullers is throwing bullpens and throwing all of his pitches, mm-hmm. um, which is going to create another problem. I mean, Christian Javier right now has like another 10 strikeout performance uh which is insane through three and a third three three and two thirds he's got 10 k's uh no three, way three runs but uh, he got kind of a there was like a bunt single and a otani triple that wasn't really hit that hard uh but he's got 10 strikeouts through uh not even four innings yet which is insane um so i don't know what they're gonna do with him um you know maybe uh you know, Odorizzi, Odorizzi's is a, is a, gotta get yeah, out. Yeah, not a model of health, but he was just great too. Um, so it, it, it's predicament here, but you know, 
they can't go to like a seven man rotation, right? But no, that's what I'm worried maybe, about. Is maybe, maybe they'll spell they'll, out. They'll, they'll they'll spell out some guys. Javier, I know, was in the bullpen a lot last year and sort of uh, cooled off in the in the second half. You know, maybe they'll they'll they they might you know rest some guys or skip some guys through the turns here. Uh, but that being said, like Verlander is just such a workhorse and has such a history and. Uh, I, you know, it might not be the 200 innings, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got to, you know, 180 easily. Uh, okay. I, I wouldn't wow. be too concerned there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They're 11 games up on uh, the Mariners. So I, I also wouldn't be shocked if uh, we see a little make believe IL stint just because. For sure. It's just, I mean, at his age and their playoff push and everything. But I, I get what you're saying. He's like the Tom Brady of baseball. So um, he could do 180 if they. If they ask, Shohei Otani. We're talking about him as a pitcher and not a yep. hitter, which just says everything you need to know about this Otani era we live in. Eight and four record, eighty-one. I love this. Eighty-one innings pitched, well below anyone else on this yep. list. One hundred and eleven Ks. This is the same amount of strikeouts as Sandy Alcantara. Fifty-five-zero less innings. It's ridiculous, man. Otani's your boy. Talk about the pitching breakout that we've we've seen so far for Otani. I mean, it's just it, any concern that you had. I know there was any concern. There was the fact that you know uh, he had TJ uh, two years ago. Um, you know, who doesn't pitch twice a week ever. You know, he has that one day a week. Basically, he pitches like every Wednesday. Um, you know, all those concerns have just been absolutely obliterated uh he's just been that good um his slider is absolutely insane um and it's made you know leaps and bounds uh improvement and, and given him another pitch with that insane splitter that he's got um you know he he reaches back and like touches 101 he just struck out uh, jose altuve with like a runner on second tonight as he's batting right now as i'm watching he has yeah, that he's, uh, he's got triple, seven strikeouts yeah, seven strikeouts innings. Like he he I saw an insane tweet I think it was from um, uh, MLB Random Stats or uh, someone else uh, uh, on Twitter that you know in, in baseball history the 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 batter with the highest OPS and runners in scoring position is Otani and the pitcher with the lowest OPS allowed with runners in scoring position is Otani it, it's insane it's insane. Uh, the fact that he can like reach back and, and, and do that and hit 101, and then oh, yeah, he's also like one of the best hitters in the league, too. Um, what he's doing is, is absolutely incredible, uh, especially on the bound. He's made leaps and bounds, and like you know, there might be some narrative here, but you know, McClanahan's probably the, the Cy Young right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, if Otani got it just because of how good a story he is and just what he's doing overall. Yeah, I, I didn't even get to the fact that coming into tonight, a, a 2.44 ERA and a .99 WHIP. Uh, his past four starts leading up to tonight, he had double-digit Ks in every outing and did not allow a single earned run. Of course, tonight he's got a, a run on the slate so far. But yeah, Otani, what can be said? Let's lump these next ones, Steve, on the value guys for starting pitching. We've talked about a few of them. Kyle Wright. And Tony Gonsolin, we talked about last week quite a bit. Both of those guys, virtually free. I guess Gonsolin had a little bit of draft day hype. The ADP was at 289. 
Gonsolin, 88 innings, 80 strikeouts, a 162 ERA, 0.8 whip. Uh, Probably getting a loss tonight against the Cardinals unless he's already gotten that. So finally, that ERA is going to regress a little bit. And then Kyle Wright, 103 innings, 103 strikeouts, 297 ERA, a 116 whip. Uh, We talked last episode about how his K minus BB is coming down a little bit. So we talked about those two. The ones we haven't talked about as much, Logan Gilbert, who was the priciest of the bunch here with a draft day price of 149 ADP. He's been a different shape to some of these other guys because he's really been an innings eater, kind of a mini Alcantara with 106, uh, 100 Ks. And the, the strikeouts have really kind of dropped off lately, but he still has that 280 ERA and a 117 whip. And then Spencer Strider, holy cow, man. I mean, bold that name, highlighted. I guess we got to put it next to Christian mm-hmm. Christian Javier now. These are the guys who have just emerged as complete stuff. You know, not shocked if they get 12, 13 strikeouts in an outing. Mm-hmm. Strider, 70 innings pitched, 110 Ks, a 256 ERA, a 102 whip, 53 strikeouts in his last 32 innings. Uh, Steve, I'll open the floor across these guys. I know we talked about Wright and Gonsolin, but Gilbert, Strider, where do you want to go with uh, these value SPs for the fantasy all-stars? Uh, I, I mean, I guess this is why you don't invest in, in high price pitching. Uh, the list of these names right here. Um, you know, next year, like, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of Spencer Strider on my team, uh, you know, just because the innings probably won't be there. There'll be some concerns about the control and, and, and that, and you know, there'll probably be some regression. But this is the this is the shot the the, the players that I'll be shopping from uh, for my next staff. year. Ne- next next year's year, cease. Next yeah. year, cease. Exactly, exactly, Strider. exactly. Like you know, uh, there's just so many good pitchers, especially in the, the offensive environment. And uh, hate to break it to you, but your your Cardinals, I don't think are handing out a loss. Uh, They've given up uh, seven no. runs in the last three innings, so it's seven six Dodgers. So uh. this is how you get behind the Brewers when you've got <laughs> six names on the All Star list from batters, and then you do this crap. God sakes. Okay, thanks, Steve. Wrecking yeah. my show Sorry. at the end of the night here. Sorry, uh, man. So honorable mentions. I, I just thought we spend so much time on pitchers. Yep. Joe Musgrove has been outstanding. Um, I don't have as many shares as I would like. I do have a bunch of NFBC. Same. He, he was a great price too. Like that's a great oh, area to shop like in for 70s. your first. Yep. yep. Great area to shop for your. You know, if you take a picture in the seventies and like around a hundred, like you can kind of. It doesn't. You don't even need to look at the names. Like you kind of just take them, and and you'll probably be pretty good. Yep. Dylan Cease. We talked about. Hats off to you, Steve. Um, I know it's kind of had its ups and downs, but Cease has definitely been a, a value and leading the league in strikeouts. Um, any Anything to add on, on your guy there? Uh, yeah, I, I know Nick, sort of Nick Nick Pollock, a pitcherless nitpicks a bit. Like, the, the whips aren't great just because the control's not ideal. You know, he does walk, like, you know, seemingly three guys a game, and, like, there's been quite a few, like, 5.2 innings pitched. Like, if you're in a quality start league, it's probably pretty annoying, but... That's really nitpicking, um, and who knows? Like that might just mean that there's another level there. Like if he gets, you know, much improved com- or you know improves the command just a little bit, um, it could be even another step for Cease. 
Um, I know my bold prediction was that he'd be like a top five pitcher. He's probably going to be like a top 15 this year, but you know, that's the key to, to taking the, the next step with cease. Um, sure. There, there's been some, some blowups and stuff, but not as much recently. Uh, and he's just, his stuff is that good. Like, I think he led this, the league in, in K's in the second half last year and, and did so again this year. So over the last, you know, 161 games, like Cease has been absolutely insane. So mm-hmm. uh, hats off to him. Yeah, and just some kind of closing thoughts. Carlos Rodon overall has been great. I know mm-hmm. it's slowed down in the middle, but 12K outing last time out. Aaron yeah, Nola. If, if you bought low on him uh, after those few uh, bumps in the road, uh you're doing pretty well. Yeah. And Aaron Null is another one that was just kind of polarizing in the the off season or the preseason. And although the record doesn't show it, he's kind of had some rough luck outings um, and coming off a kind of a tough start against the, the Cardinals. But Nola's whip, ERA, Ks all looks really good. So I think you're happy there. And then Alec Manoa, got to eat yep. a little crow here. He's had a uh, He was kind of a fade for me. And he's had a really good first half as well. So he has made our honorable mentions here. So I think that rounds us out, Steve. Um, long lineup. Any uh, closing thoughts here on uh, the the Fantasy All-Star show? No, no, it's fun. It's been a fun first half. A lot of, a lot of great performances. Um, hopefully there, there's some actionable advice there as to whether you, you're you're buying or selling or, tr- or truly believing some of these performances. But uh been a great first half of fantasy baseball uh will be a nice little uh break there uh with the all-star break coming up uh next week but you know basically by the time that that wednesday comes i'm like where are the games uh it's a it's a dreadful uh middle of the week uh i'll I'll have to find something to do but uh uh, can't wait for the second half and and hopefully uh we'll, we'll 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 bring some advice and and help you bring home some championships down the stretch run. Yep. There's going to be plenty of phantom phone checks, like looking for lineup updates and then, you know, do it 12 times a day and realize there is no updates. But that said, tune in with us next Thursday. We're going to have a great show. Looking forward to some strength of schedule advantages you guys can get on the final pushes for Roto Leagues or head-to-head matchups if you're pushing for a playoff spot. So, We'll, we'll have that one as episode 65 next Thursday. But that rounds out episode 64. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us all season and especially on All-Star Break here. You can follow us on Twitter at WindsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified. And Steve is Stav8818. That's S-T-A-V 8818. Follow the podcast network at Pods. And you guys can always email us with any topics, windsabovefantasy at gmail.com. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts, and throw us a rating if if you like the show as well. We'd really appreciate it. But that rounds us out for the buying or selling of Fantasy All-Stars episode 64. Thanks for talking baseball with us. Steve, great hanging as always. Awesome talking with you. Thanks, guys. Later.